0: Welcome to a special Soul Chats interview with an amazing practitioner I am so excited to share with you. Her name is Morgan Rockwell. She is an Akashic Record practitioner. She is one of my Sacred Awakening students and Healer Edition students, so she's an Advanced Practitioner. She assists people in mending broken hearts and finding their soulmates. She supports people in healing patterns that are preventing them from embodying and experiencing unconditional love, not only with themselves, but with their partners as well we had an amazing conversation about soulmates and what soulmates are we talked about how you can attract more than one soulmate you have an infinite possibility of soulmates we also talked about the akashic records and if you're new to me or new to this program show i'm an akashic record master teacher and the akashic records are something that everyone has every word the thought from the moment your soul is incepted, it is recorded inside of the akashic field and we can open up the akashic records and speak to the masters teachers and loved ones to receive love and guidance and support in any and all areas of our life. Maureen has taken a bunch of my Akashic Record programs and so she specializes in supporting people through the Akashic Records with finding soulmates and mending any of their broken heart that they may be experiencing and so much more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you are also interested in receiving an akashic record soulmate reading morgan is offering a very special discounted price for our listeners and you can find her link in the show notes or the description or on my website under the blog for this episode as well which is the amyrobison.com i'm so excited for you to jump into this episode so let's jump in Welcome, Morgan. I am so excited you are here. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Now, you love using the Akashic Records to assist people in finding their soulmates. Now, I know, and you and I have the same opinion on soulmates, tell everybody what a soulmate is and how many they possibly could have.
1: Right. I know. I love that we have the same somewhat radical view because I really believe we have an infinite amount of soulmate possibilities. We can have many, many soulmates um, because the soulmate energy is just an energy that connects with your soul. It can be your best friend. You can have a romantic partner soulmate as well. It can be um, a cousin, a mother, a brother. However, these souls show up into our world, we can be connected
0: on a soul level. And I think, I think that's important because I think so oftentimes people feel that when they're looking for a romantic partner that they have to find their soulmate I'm putting that in quotations in order to be that romantic partner. But what are your views on, does the soulmate need to be a romantic partner in terms of like marriage or partnership? I don't think so. And I love that you brought that up because
1: I honestly think this fixation on the one can keep people from finding the soul that they're most content or happy with. You can have a soul that is not technically your soulmate, but you too are able to reach the same agreements, have the same um, non-negotiables in your relationship, have the same things that you desire to build a really beautiful romantic relationship and partnership on. Um, it's really important not to get hung up on that person being a soulmate or not.
0: I think that's that's good too, because if you you miss out on opportunities for growth as well and i and i'll often tell my own clients when they're looking for someone because when we're meant to be in relationships and it doesn't matter if it's romantic or platonic we're meant to be in relationships and that connection is really important for some people. And I feel like they get this desperate energy of like, it has to be this type of particular person it needs to be my twin flame. It needs to be my soulmate. And I have to have these, all of these boxes checked. And oftentimes they miss the, I call it the beauty of dating where you get an opportunity to discover something about yourself in that date or in that conversation that you might not have discovered if you didn't have that desperation or that record playing in the mind where this, is this the one, is this the one, is this the one, is this the one? What do you tell someone that does have something like that going on where they're like, they want to find someone so desperately. And every time they approach a date or approach Uh, possible romantic connection, that's the first thing they're thinking about. How how do you like help navigate people in terms of that type of uh, pattern or behavior? Yeah, that's a really great question. It's super important. And I love what you said.
1: Every date has something to offer you and learn about yourself, even if it's disastrous, right? You can learn, why was it disastrous? I often approach it as well, that record playing, that noise going on is keeping them from being from relationship within themselves as well. So imagine you're holding this space for this person to come in, this person to come in. Who is it? Are they perfect? Are they perfect? If they can pause that noise and start to look inside, we hold this frequency to manifest a different soul. And we can do that by evolving ourselves, by growing, by healing, looking at some of these patterns that are keeping us in the stalemate, so to speak with the, where's my person with this beacon going off? Are you the one? Are you the one that noise keeps us from really discovering even more about ourselves, just as much as not dating uh, somebody that might not be your potential soul partner can keep us from discovering more about ourselves.
0: Yeah. I think that the, the noise is a big thing too. Like you were saying, cause it's like, I feel like it almost becomes like a repellent as well, where it's yeah. like, that other person has the possibility of picking up on that energy of, is this the one? And maybe that person on the other end of the date is also feeling that way as well. But to me, I found dating to be one of the most exciting things to do. (laughs) And I know I might be very different. (laughs) I would probably find it very different now in the world that we live in. But like in my 20s, before I started dating my husband and got married. Like I loved going on dates because I thought that it was such an amazing opportunity to one, just have fun. And then two, to experience something different because we all come from different cultures and backgrounds and even like the types of foods that we eat or we don't eat. And it's a way to like, get to know someone as well.
1: Yeah, that's really great. I love that you had so much fun in your 20s and that I work with a lot of women and men who are a little bit older. And it's really Mm -hmm. important to kind of get back into that touch of that energy of having fun with it in your 20s. Now I know like myself, I'm single and the thought of approaching dating can get really overwhelming if I start to look at all of these ways that I'm sort of set in or these things that I know that I like, or, oh, that's just not going to work for me. But I really have to pause and take a second and is it really going to work for me or is it not? How flexible can I be? Because obviously something didn't work up until this point if I'm single again. So I need to kind of shift some of my, my mindsets, my mind frames, the way I approach things and to kind of push myself a little bit in the terms of keeping myself safe, but growing for me. So that might include a date that, okay, obviously this might not be Mr. One, Mr. Wonderful, whatever, the one, but I'm going to learn something about myself out of it.
0: Yeah. And I love that you, I'm going to use the word mature adult, meaning you're yes, older, older than 30. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say... We're not going to come to 20s, but that doesn't mean if you're watching this that you're not included in this because you could be a mature adult as well. We're all mature adults. But when you are dating after heartbreak is what I mean by a mature adult in terms of dating. How do you assist people in approaching that? Because I know you're an expert in mending the broken heart. And I know that when you have a broken heart that can. And this also includes 20 year olds, too. When you have a broken heart that can influence the way that we approach dating or the way that we are even interacting with possible friendships in terms of soulmates as well. What's your approach and what do you suggest people do when it comes to mending their broken heart? Right, it's really important to look
1: how that wounded heart, that broken heart has affected you because we don't want to be dating from that wound. We don't want to be attracting friends from that wound. Yet we don't want to just go the polar opposite and say, okay, this type of person really broke my heart. This type of situation did not work. I'm never going to approach it again because two different souls are two different souls. You're going to approach this. It may look the same on the surface, but there are different things going on. And this is when it's really important to pause and start to do your inner work. Start peeling back those layers of hurt. Start looking underneath those lessons, see what patterns or old habits, different behaviors that we had that brought us to a relationship of heartbreak in order to heal that and move forward, we're going to manifest different souls to come in to help assist us with different lessons. And we'll be able to guide it and create it a little bit more favorably when we're conscientious of
0: our old wounds versus what we're wanting to create now. And you help people support like bending their broken heart using the Akashic Records. Yes. And one of the things... As one of my students from Sacred Awakening, I love seeing how different students and practitioners take different routes with the Akashic Records, and your expertise is helping people mend their broken hearts. How And you use the Akashic Records. Talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, it's so beautiful. When I first came across the records, I had no idea how they could go so deep into one area, but it's really, really profound. Um, It's so important and the Akashic Records are the perfect tool to be able to go back in time to in this past timeline in past lives things that we have brought forward some hurt that we don't even know we're attracting more hurt into our current reality. They also assist in kind of allowing us to release that social conditioning around love, any familial expectations, societal, cultural, these type of things where we have built up some love conditioning that doesn't serve us anymore. Um, Through the records, we also can work with the ancestors, which is really beautiful. And I know you love doing that as well, but the ancestors are really here to help us and support us learning to give and
0: receive love in a new way. Now let's talk about that for the ancestors. What have you seen come up in session in terms of like how an ancestor is impacting someone's ability to love? Sure, just take the example of giving and receiving love. You know, we learn how to do that through
1: our ancestors and something that worked for several generations back is probably not going to work for you in every circumstance, in every set. Things need to be modernized. Things need to be updated. We're in a time of more awakening. We're in a time that we have more space to go deep into our emotional needs and provide for them rather than just surviving life like our ancestors back had to do. So we, they are here to help us evolve in how we give and receive love and move forward in a more whole and complete
0: way I love that and so and when you're also talking about the ancestors you don't just mean everyone from back in the day this also means like your current parent figures your guardians that took care of you as a child
1: yeah anybody who's come into your support behind you. That can be your soul family. That can be your actual bloodline, your ancestrals, any close cousins, relatives, neighbors, anything is con- included in that ancestral definition. So thank you for expanding on that.
0: Yeah. And so, and I know that you work with like mother wounds and father wounds. Talk a little bit about that and how that impacts our relationships. Wow, it is so profound. It can impact our
1: relationships in ways that we might not know. We are so connected to our mothers. When we're um, conceived in a womb, uh, our brains are wired the same as our mom. So we actually have the same neural capacity. We feel and are so connected. And through that, though, can be past trauma. And so your mom, human as she is and as wonderful as she is, probably had chances where she was parenting from her own trauma and things like that. We need to go and look at that and heal those traumas, heal those wounds. So we are free to move forward in a relationship without those old wounds. Same for the father's side. And for the main men's side, the male side, I find it really interesting because, It's more of a recent thing that men are more in touch with their feelings and evolving and growing in a more open fashion, not to say men in the past have not done that, but it wasn't so publicly done. And now men are bringing really different set of circumstances to relationships. And it's really beautiful. It allows for a lot more growth. And so healing some of those things that our fathers and their fathers maybe could not have brought to a relationship
0: just because it wasn't of the time. Right. Well, it's just a different set of rules and conditionings, Mm -hmm. and it's. I find it very fascinating because I know that even argument styles, the way that we communicate Ah. with our romantic partner, can emulate or mirror behaviors from our parents. And if we're not careful, or that type of behavior wasn't a healthy communication of how to handle disagreements, it can it can bleed into your current life, and then also bleed into your own children's way of handling communication and disagreements as well. I I heard once, and I, I love this saying, it's like, you know, oftentimes children will see how parents will get into a disagreement, but they won't see how they made up because they usually make up behind closed doors. And I find that very fascinating in terms of like, no, you should be really conscious of like how you're communicating with your partner and things like that. And so your children can see it as well. And I know you are a mom too. So how, how are you like navigating your, um, because you've transitioned, you've had a lot of transitions, talk about your transition, how you've navigated those transitions in terms of mending your broken heart.
1: Yeah, so the kind of the quick
0: version of my story is I ended up coming over here to
1: Portugal. I was going to take just a one-year sabbatical, so call it, and have a work visa and spend time here. And that's just not how it unfolded. I ended up meeting somebody. We had two kids that were born here. And it all happened so fast by time my nervous system could integrate all of the changes and I could come to terms with the fact this was not the loving, supportive relationship I wanted. I really wanted to go home to the U.S., And that just was not a possibility given my boys were born in a different country. They have dual nationality, but this is their birth country. So here I had to stay. And that was a really tough one for me to swallow that was really shattering in terms of my home was in a different place and learning how to make my home here and unfold in that fashion. But I did learn a lot, so many things on so many levels, but as for being um, a mom, like you're saying, I'm going to have reactions. I'm going to have moments where I coming from that trauma. But for me, it's so important to apologize to my kids right away and recognize, Hey, mommy did something that wasn't really nice. Here's what it was Name the behavior and, and get to a resolution in open air, because that was one thing that was really a tricky pattern for me growing up. Like you said, all of those things happened behind closed doors. So I never saw my parents resolve anything. So that was a really big missing piece of my skill set As far as dating and relationships were concerned, I just didn't know how to do it. Nobody taught me, nobody showed me it was hidden. And so really having to figure out how to do that for myself in terms of in front of children really helped that heal those old wounds for me, but I am hoping will help heal my children so that they don't have to go through that process of not having all of the pieces as they move
0: forward in their adult life. Yeah, and I think like for me it's always like my great grandparents did the best that they could mm-hmm. and then my grandparents did the best that yeah. they could based on those circumstances and like yeah. it, to me it's like every generation is just getting better, right? Like they're yeah. they they have a new skill set but there's a through line sometimes that we carry over and it's up to us in our adult life to go, that's not working anymore. I can't do that anymore. And, um, and being really honest about the patterns. And do you find that just even mending the broken heart from a relationship standpoint, are you mending a broken heart also from childhood wounds and things like that, that played into The relationship role that someone might be um, healing from?
1: Most definitely. I see them intertwined all the time. I'm not sure I've ever assisted a client who we don't actually heal those childhood traumas. And you said something really important about being honest. It's also okay to give yourself permission to say that this is not working for me anymore. That is one thing I see the most. We were not, most people were not taught how to give themselves permission. And that be enough that it's acceptable answer doesn't, it's not an alignment. It doesn't feel right to me. And that's okay. You don't have to justify it. And they love to see more and more people getting to this point where you can be radically honest and you can be kind about it, but it's okay to say you can be in your power enough to say, you know what, this just is not for me anymore.
0: I love that. How have the Akashic records helped you in terms of like healing some of those wounds and like moving into more of a role with supporting your clients and healing healing as well? I didn't realize until I used the records how many pieces of me
1: were sort of frozen in time over various situations. And I really could not have pinpointed the impact of that until I collected them back, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was so scattered and it has moved me forward into a stronger state of wholeness and awareness and made me much more of a potent creator of my reality. I'm so much more aware of my power to create what I desire, how that's going to come about and what things are acceptable for me and what things, you know what, that's okay. I don't need to go down that path to have that lesson. I can learn it a different way. And so discernment has been another really large yeah. gift from healing through the Akashic records.
0: I love that. And it sounds like you're, you're able to find a different way of stepping in your power that allowed you to choose the path that you wanted to take for your healing versus just leaving it up to chance as well, which is really neat.
1: Yeah. And it took like circumstances out of my control to do that, so to speak. It took me being in a position where things did not look at all the way that I wanted to, but I had, that was my choice. And I see that through a lot of people going through divorce or breakups. They feel like everything is not what they wanted, but their power is to claim their choice to move forward from
0: there. I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit more, because I think that when someone is going through a breakup, it's hard, it's it's earth shattering, like your whole reality is shattering. And it doesn't matter how long you were with the person, if you feel super connected with that person, or you've built a life forever with that person, change is hard. How, what would you say to someone that is currently feeling that way? feeling like their whole world is just shattered.
1: Yeah, that is the hardest place to be. And it's really important to be mindful of your energy and collect it back to you the best of you can. And to start to turn inward, because that was my first step of realizing I had placed this external source of love and everything shattered. And I was feeling desperate and alone and everything we'd built together in the life was no longer there. So now what was I going to do? And I wanted to create myself in a way that was somewhat unshakable, if you will. So when things came down again, I would have a stronger, sturdier foundation. And I realized for me, I never had been taught how to have this really strong internal source of love, how to really connect in and know that I'm gonna be okay. I am the creator of my world. And when things really fell apart, it was just sheer panic. It was, I'm not safe, I'm not okay. And so another good starting point is just to remind yourself that you are safe and that you are okay and you can create this. You have the choice to to move forward in the ways that you desire.
0: I think that's so important to to recognize that that choice is available. Do you feel like you had to surrender to what was first? Oh,
1: 100%. And I think it was you that have called it the art of surrender. Mm -hmm. I think that's the way you've explained it to me. And it was so eloquent and beautiful when I heard that terms, because it is an art. We think it's like, okay, if I just surrender, then God or the universe is going to take this over and just fix it for me. Um, But that's not quite the case. It's this constant process of giving up aspects that are out of our control and seeing what shows up and being willing to take the action, willing to say yes to what it is that shows up and really suspend judgment and allow ourselves the capacity to try it in a different way. We might not get the next step right the first time around. We might have moments where we slip back into feeling sad or to heartbroken, but having to surrender the way that it was, was absolutely the first thing before things could change.
0: I think that's so beautiful. And then For me, it's like, it sounds like you're also not only going to surrender, you're moving into acceptance Mm -hmm. of what's happened. And now I've surrendered, it's, it's acceptance. Now I get to move into this new possibility I think for me, that was, they were kind of like hyperspeeded
1: because (laughs) I was sort of like stranded in a different country. I did not know one soul. Um, Literally for my divorce agreement, I had to pick a city and tell them where I was going to live. So I just kind of randomly picked a city. I didn't even know. I didn't have time to like, there was no process to figure this out. Right. So surrender and acceptance for me really became like left foot surrender, right foot acceptance as I was moving forward,
0: like. That's kind of, I love that analogy. (laughs) It's like, here's my, here, I got to start walking, got to start moving. Cause I think when you stop moving is when things can get really heavy and dark and it's not to go into avoidance. Cause sometimes we do need to stop and pause and breathe and be in it, but you have boys, you like, you need to take care of them. And you also deserve to take care of yourself. So I love that you were able to work through that major transition in your life, because it's, it's major going through a breakup is major. How are your boys doing now since you transitioned? And they're they're so
1: great. They're so happy. They love having two houses. They love having their their new school and um, a new city and fun things that come with that. And it feels for them like an extension of their world. So when I'm like, how many houses do you have They're, you know, they're quite little, they're five and four. So like, yeah, we have four houses. We have two here. We have one in America. We, you know, they they have their grandmother's house. And so they, they love it. It feels, I feel rewarded and applauded in that way. And I, I credit that to working with the records of how to take all of the next steps for me, that it let be so expansive for them. I love that. I love yeah. that. How many houses do you have? I have four. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it helps me to get into that sort of childlike enthusiasm as well. When I, you know, there are still pieces and processes unfolding through a transition. It was a major, major, major transition. And so when I can connect with that, it does provide a little levity of how I'm going to get through this next little piece of whatever comes up, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I think it's it's quite the beautiful thing to experience especially with their innocence as well mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of like how to navigate all of that uh, it's it's so cute i love it so yeah. tell me a little bit more about the work that you do with people in terms of working with the akashic records mending a broken heart finding a soulmate mm-hmm. it's super beautiful and it's really really powerful work
1: um, I like to think of healing, we often have heard the onion analogy, but was, was like, what is at the core? I don't know. When you're at the end of the onion, there's it feels like healing continues and goes and goes. So I like the spiral staircase, right? So we're continuing to move up and up. And when we're really clung to this trauma, this transition, this breakup, we're right at the bottom rung, and we're in the pain, in the fear. And as we start to kind of process and heal, like we do with the Akashic Records, we're able to move up. And so it's not staring you in the face all the time. You're kind of coming around to the next layer in waves. And the further up you go, the easier it is to step over that fear and keep going toward what you want. And through a certain point of that staircase, you're able to be in a frequency from healing through the records that you can meet your soulmate. And so we can connect souls in the Akashic record. So you can have what it's like to be in your soulmate energy. You can help call them into your reality. You can start looking at different patterns or any contracts that might come up with a different soul. So it also provides a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. So you've gone through this breakup, you're doing this work, which can feel really good, but sometimes messy and heavy, but you've got this bright
0: thing ahead of you, what you truly desire, right? I love that. And I love that that you're connecting people to being in the energy of the soulmate as well, because if you get into the energy of that, it's easier to attract that soulmate into your Mm -hmm. life, which is so beautiful. Now, I know you have like a special for our Awakening with Amy Robeson listeners and YouTube watchers as well. Do you want to tell them what that is? Yeah. So I usually don't do single
1: sessions, but I am super called to do soulmate readings. So doing just a single session where you can connect in and ask your questions about your soulmate, what patterns are involved, things like that, and connect with that soulmate energy.
0: I love that. So If you guys are interested in doing a single Akashic record session with Morgan, definitely take advantage of this because I know a lot of people have reached out to me and they'll talk to me about soulmates. And I love that this is your expertise. This is your field that you love to work in. And if you're wanting to, and I'm just going to clarify this. If you're wanting to find a romantic soulmate, that that's a possibility. And then yes. if you're wanting to find a friendship soulmate, that's also a possibility. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. It's that bringing in that like, and soul to your reality. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so important because I think that there's so many people out there that know they're happy, they're married or they're in a relationship. They feel like there's something missing and they're wanting to make more friends. And so this would be a great way to do that as well. Um, Morgan has a special, if you are interested in doing a single session, the link will be in the show notes or the um, description below the video or in the podcast as well. So Take advantage of this reading special because I'm super excited that you're doing it for our listeners. Yeah, they're super fun. One of my
1: favorite things I see is people who are so, so keen to meet their soulmate and we bring their energy in. And the person in the middle of the reading is like, wait a minute, I need to take a step back. And it's such a fun thing to see how people, sometimes we think we're really ready for something um, and this comes up. So it's a really fun way to find out if there's any hidden surprises or anything blocking you from really bringing in your soulmate.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I absolutely love it. And if they're wanting to work with you a little bit more, After they connect with their soulmate, you can assist them in working on the energetic pieces to manifest a soulmate and heal any patterns if they're wanting to do that as well. So absolutely. If you're being called to work with Morgan, definitely take advantage of the discount she's giving our listeners. You can click the link, check that out. Is there anything else you want to share with us, Morgan? No, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. I do have one more question for you. What are you most excited about manifesting before the end of the year? Oh, this year, I'm so excited
1: about manifesting my house down by the beach.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're like, my house, <laughs> my house. I'm on my place. <laughs> I love it. Well, I see it and it's going to happen. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for coming on today. If you guys want to connect with Morgan, her info will be in the show notes. What's your website? It's morganrockwell.com. Perfect. Awesome, guys. Thank you, Morgan, for being on the show today. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Please make sure you like and subscribe and share this with a friend if you know that they are looking for a soulmate or needing to mend their broken heart. All right, guys. Bye.